0: Let me pray. Lord God, what a sweet time of praising you this morning. And what a glorious day that will be when all the created things will worship you. Lord, as we come to a time where we remember you this morning, Lord, help our hearts to to be cleared of all of the things that we've been distracted by this week. Lord, so we can remember clearly who you are, what you did when you came to earth, and what you will do when you return. In your name, amen. Hi, thank you for being here today. Um, It's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten the opportunity to participate in the Lord's Supper together, and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, While we do that this morning, we're going to be in Psalm, um, the second Psalm. With Christmas, we've spent this last week looking back at the birth of Christ and it's been sweet. I know in our household, it was a sweet time. Um, this morning during the Lord's table, I'd like to look forward to the return of Christ. So I'm going to read through, um, all of Psalm two, and then talk about it a little bit. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate on a vain thing The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord mocks them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of Yahweh He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possessions. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like a potter's vessel. So now, O kings, show insight. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he become angry and you perish in the way for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. As we look forward to Christ's return, I want to highlight a few implications from this Psalm and encourage us towards the right thing in a world that isn't our home. Let's start there. We need to align ourselves with God's disposition towards this world. This world is overwhelmingly troublesome and we need to think the way that God thinks about it. In verse two, it says the Kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. The world is intentionally in opposition to God. Think about that. It seems as clear as ever as the world is intentionally taking a stand against the moral goods that God established on earth. The spread of hedonistic doctrine in the creation of the world, the brokenness of God's design for mankind is put on full display. Think of how evolution has taught us truth or whatever is happening with gender confusion right now. These are great examples of rulers of the earth uniting against Yahweh. But that doesn't worry God. That doesn't surprise God. It is such a futile attempt against him. that verse four reminds us that God laughs at them. God scoffs at them. He isn't ignoring it. In fact, verse five tells us that he will speak to them in his anger. But this shouldn't worry or surprise us. He who sits in the heavens, laughs, the Lord scoffs at him and he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. And then we jump down to verses seven through nine, and we see that God's plan all along was to send his son. And God's plan is for Christ, who came as a baby to die for our sins, will one day come back to rule. Another implication from this passage is that in verses eight and nine, it should strengthen our Christian obligation to tell others about Jesus Christ. This is because although verse six speaks of God having established his kingdom on Zion, past tense, verses eight and nine speak in future tense saying, ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your, as your possession. This is an acknowledgement of what the author of Hebrews said that the father has placed everything under Jesus' feet, but not yet. Hebrews 2.8 says, at present, we do not see everything subject to him. Jesus is Lord, but there are still many, like the rulers of the psalm's opening line, who resist him. James Montgomery Boyce encourages us by saying, here's the great missionary challenge of the church. It is for us, the grateful subjects of Jesus's divine kingdom, to make his name known among the nations. Until every ear shall hear and every knee shall bow is the will of God that His Son should have a great heritage out of the heathen world, the godless Gentiles. Our assignment is to carry the message of God's decree and Christ's rule to them. It is to proclaim the rule of Jesus Christ. The last implication is in the last two verses, and this is truly the good news of this passage. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. We know the world is in opposition to God, We know God isn't worried, and Jesus will eventually rule. So when you see the world as it is, worship him. As you prepare your hearts for communion, worship the King with reverence. If you do not know the gospel and do not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I would like to ask you to let the elements pass by. This is a time for those who put their faith in Jesus to worship him. But I want to challenge you to think about these implications of the coming King. This passage ends with blessed are those who take refuge in Him. Are you one that will speak to Him in His anger? Or are you one that will take refuge in Him? If you have any questions about this, feel free to ask me after the service or the person that brought you or any one of the elders. And we would love to talk to you about our Savior. Men, please come serve us and you can take communion on your own today.